buckle up, ladies and gentlemen, because it's time for your Super League podcast. Proudly brought to you by Horn Industrial Coatings. Welcome to the electrifying world of Super League basketball. Good morning and welcome to the Super League podcast. On today's episode, we will wrap up rounds one, round one's action. We'll talk player of the week, team of the week, the Hayden Byron top five, as well as a sneaky trade that's just been approved. Today's episode brought to you by Hazard Electrical. If you're after any electrical work or solar, reach out to Eli Evans from the Sharks and the crew at Hazard Electrical. Today, I'm joined by Pirates GM and top five sexiest bald men in Super League, as voted by you, Lucas Plaza. How are you, mate? I'm good, brother. How are you? Going very, very well, mate. Um, massive, massive week of action. I don't know about you, but I I found the, the five games per night is just a, it's a, it's a big thing. Mate, it's a it's a bit of a marathon, isn't it? And it's um, you know, obviously it's a great thing. The league is is growing, and uh, the demand is as high as it's ever been. But uh, for anyone that does, I don't know. I guess a little bit of extra work for for Super League, whether it be um, you know, I did the Player of the Week. You you do heaps, obviously being a a commissioner. I was talking to Greggy about it as well. He does the Player of the Weeks on Tuesdays. The extra game just makes everything take a little bit longer. <laughs> It does. Yeah. And it, I mean, this podcast can be no different. So we'll try and uh, we'll try and move through as fast as we can, um, to to make sure this pod doesn't go forever. Um, let's let's talk about this trade that I alluded to in the intro. Yeah, I haven't heard about this actually. Um, it's so it I, this is maybe news maybe half an hour ago before before recording this podcast. So yeah, um, it's only it's only just been approved. It's pretty fresh. And it's the Silverbacks and the Rangers looking to shake things up. They've only they've only played just the one game, so um, both teams definitely not shy in uh, in thinking that they might need to to shake things up early. Uh, the Silverbacks have traded Lockie McGrath to the Rangers for Shannon Humphreys in return. Now, being that you hadn't heard a thing about this, tell me uh, tell me your thoughts. Um. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. Lockie, uh, I, I reckon I've, I was pulling up the stats before. He had a few points uh, drop for the Silverbacks. Um, a, a later round pick, same with Shan. Um, I guess it just it depends what you were, what those boys were chasing. So I think obviously Kyle uh, from the Silverbacks chasing a, possibly a more defensive minded player, uh, someone who can help out on the boards, possibly a little bit more than Lockie is renowned for. Um, and the Rangers get themselves a, a knockdown shooter in, uh, in in Lockie. So I don't mind it. I think you've got two very similar uh, value-type players uh, just, just at different ends of the court. What do you thought? What do you think, sorry? Yeah, well, I th- we saw Shannon Humphreys go bananas in, uh, in the, the playoffs last season, and um, I think that that's maybe what, uh, what Kyle's sort of hoping that he can replicate, you know, maybe pumping for a a few more shots and get him hot from time to time. Um, but, you know, on the flip side of that, Lockie McGrath is a player that can do just the same. So I'm not really not really quite sure what to make of it. But, um, look, I think I think the Rangers will benefit from Lockie McGrath's leadership. He's been a GM in the league before. He's a, he's a level, level-headed, smart-thinking kind of basketball player. Um, 
and and Shannon Humphreys obviously you know quite a quite a smart basketball player and has a has a real nice form on his jump shot. So, I mean, who knows who knows who's the who the winner is going to be out of this? But um, I think it's a relatively fair trade. I think maybe uh, Kyle is hoping for the two for one deal you get with Shannon Humphreys, where you actually get Lyndon Dauber as well, because they are the same person. So. How many that, times that, did you do that last season? Uh, oh, so many. And it's it's not even a joke anymore. Like, you could show me a picture of both of them. Like, they're the same guy. I've never <laughs> seen them in the same room together. You could tell me how many times they've played against each other on the same court. I wouldn't believe you. It's not true. Yeah. yeah. They, are the, they are the same dude. Uh, no, I, 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 I don't mind it. There was, I mean, after round one, there's a bit of talk amongst the GMs that uh, a few players might be gettable. Or a few teams weren't happy with how their teams, I guess, lined up after the scrim. So I'm not surprised the trade's been made. Um, yeah, see how it goes. Hopefully it works with both of them. Yeah. Time will tell, my friend. But uh, let's let's jump into the, the Monday night action straight away because we, we do have a lot of games to pump through. Uh, the first game of Super League Season 10 was the Berwick Sharks taking on the Packenham Upper Unicorns. And it was the Unicorns getting up by 20 points, 66 to 46. This is a uh, – I, I wrote in my Player of the Week uh, post a bit of a fizzer for uh, for the first game of the season, but it was a high-quality game nonetheless. Uh, yeah, like we said, the Corns up by 20. Uh, our stats leaders for this one, we had Cal McNiff uh, drop 36 points on 70% shooting. Uh, he also had 14 rebounds to go with that and a monster double-double. Uh, Lee Belton leading the points for the Sharks. He had 18 points. Uh, Big Benny Rhodes uh, for the Unicorns had nine rebounds as well. Shane Badger with eight. Um, mate, there was highlights galore in this one. Uh, I walked in about halfway through, and I reckon I would have seen a, a couple of jams from from Cal. Um, also a nice little loop from uh, from the badge um, off the backboard to yeah to Cal, which was just fantastic. These are. This is high-quality stuff. You know, we've, we've had some athletic guys in Super League before, uh, a few guys that can get above the rim and, and you know, throw down the odd jam or two, but I reckon we're going to see it on a weekly basis with Cal. Yeah, he's um, he's definitely got springs in his boots and and certainly capable of uh, of elevating at any point in time. And, and those fast breaks that he was off to were, were uh, very friendly when, it, uh, when we talk about his playing into his skill set. Absolutely. Uh, worth mentioning for the Sharks, they were missing their top pick, uh, Austin Shelley, who is, um, I'm not going to say he would be the difference in a 20-point uh, loss, but he's uh, he's probably going to be a 20-plus point scorer in the league, uh, and that's a, that's a pretty safe bet. So uh, missing a big piece of Sharks, but, um, but yeah, they'll, uh, they'll be hoping to, to knock back this week. Just, just quickly, because we do have so many games, guys, we won't be going over every single stat. Uh, we might just read out a couple of highlights. So if you feel a bit left out, that won't be the case every week. Uh, just this week, we've got 48,000 games to go over. So, very true. Um, Yeah, very true. Uh, Lee Belton had four assists. The badge had four. Uh, Lee Belton had five steals as well. So he put together a very tidy stat line uh, having to lead his Sharks. But, yeah, they'll be looking to bounce back this week. Can't leave out the steals with Lee Belton. He gets very upset. <laughs> he does, mate. He does. Uh, five is a lot. Uh, so he'll be – maybe he's looking to add a Defensive Player of the Year nomination uh, to his pretty extensive uh, trophy cabinet this year. So he's off to a good start in that. 
Uh, the next game, mate, was my Pirates uh, going down by one to the Ringwood Rangers in our first overtime game of the season. Uh, 72 to... Get it. Second game in. Second game in, exactly right. I'm glad that it was my team going to OT and I wasn't playing the 9.40 time slot or whatever time we go to now because <laughs> uh, I would have been slightly pissed. But, uh, but no, the Rangers and, uh, and my Pirates, we played, a very high, again, a very high-quality game, 72 beating 71. Um, it, was a, it was a very... Oh, I want to say I don't want to say a game of two halves because it was close entire the entire game. But uh, the game started red hot. We had Lucky Tankard for the Rangers just dropping three after three in the first half. He puts up uh, 27 points. His brother Will uh, sort of said, "You know what? I can't let this keep happening." And he decided to knock down 29 himself. Uh, Dill Jenk with 22. Pistol Pete Kennedy with 17. Um, on the rebounding end, Dil Jenk had 20 rebounds. Bojack Whelan had a fantastic game on the inside. That's he a had huge a double. double. Yeah, absolutely. A big double-double with 10 points and 20 rebounds as well. Uh, big Matty Burkett had uh, 15 and 18 rebounds. So a really, really high-quality game. There were some big stat sheets in this one. Uh, but the Rangers getting the job done by, by yeah, pretty much a last gasp. We had the, the last shot, um, I guess you'd say. Um, and one of the boys, we sort of had to hurry a shot up. He ended up dropping it uh, to bring it back to one point, sort of hoping for a foul. But, uh, yeah, not our week this week, but there had to be a loser in this one, and unfortunately it was the Pirates. Yeah, just a, just a ripper game. Like a, it was a real edgy-of-the-seat stuff, and, and first half and second half were really entertaining to watch. I like the spread of the uh, of the looks for the for the Rangers, and I think adding Lockie McGrath is only going to help that as well. So. Um, you know, you've got three or four blokes getting 15 and 20 looks there, which is really good. Um, nine assists for Dil Jenk. He was one off having a really, really monster triple-double as well. So um, you could read through the stats on this one, you know, all night. And like I just said before, we're not going to because there's so many we have to get through. But um, I'm, I like the look of Lockie Tankard. He shot the absolute push out of it, six from 10 from downtown. Um so he's going to have to be one that people are going to have to watch. Him and him and Will, I'm assuming the parents don't have a key in the backyard. They've only got a three-point line. Um, <laughs> so the, those two boys put on a shooting clinic. It was, between the, it. The, and the ring. Yeah, or maybe just like, I don't know, like a pool full of crocodiles or something that will let us step inside. So, no, it was very exciting watching those two go at it, and hopefully they have uh, very big seasons. Uh, the Rangers will be happy with their, with their win. Bailey played a... I don't know how he played under 20 minutes when we played 45, so interesting. We're going to have to take him out the back and flog him with a sock full of batteries because that's not how we do it here, mate. Everyone needs to play 20. But, uh, but yeah, no, good game. Good game. It was um, – I was puffed. I had to play 42 minutes because we were missing our other big man. Um, yeah. I don't know. What were your thoughts? Uh, yeah. I, I, I liked the game. I, I, I think it was just a, a really entertaining game back and forth the whole time and – I loved what I saw from PK. I thought he played a terrific game. Um, you know, some interesting pieces uh, for your team. You got uh, Josh Jantz, played a really good game. I thought Dennis Smith could have caught fire at any point there. And um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think promising signs for both teams, even though you can only have one winner. No, absolutely. We'll be looking to bounce back this week, obviously. But um, we all said at the end of the game, you know, that go- that game could have finished with either shot at the end there, um, you know, no one would have felt begrudged if the Pirates won and we don't feel begrudged that the Rangers got up. It was a really exciting game. Yep. 
All right, the next game, it was the Coraline Camels, 60 to the Longwari Knights, 42. Uh, I didn't see a heap of this one, but uh, Plozzi, did you uh, did you catch much? I did watch a bit. We sat on the sidelines and had a bit of a peek at the, uh, you know, uh, the, the Longwari Knights are an interesting squad in my mind. Uh, they were missing a couple of big pieces, and it obviously probably showed on the, on the scoring. Um, but I liked the game of Simon Pajdik. He had 15 and 11. Uh, Jackie Sutherland had 10 points as well. For the Camels, it was H. Melson. Uh, he had 16, 16 points, pardon me, six rebounds. Uh, but also Mason Moon, who was someone that I was very interested to watch coming in. He obviously plays uh, CBL and Big V. He's a, he's a bit of a 3 and D uh, sort of point guard. He's, a, he's very good on the defensive end, very smart. Uh, but he had 15 points to go with five rebounds. So... Um, I think, you know, the, the Camels got the job done. They probably were expected to, having a full list. Uh, and with the Knights sort of missing the pieces they were missing. But, uh, but yeah, it was a good quality game. Again, like I said, there was highlights. Uh, H was running the the, uh, the break really well and sort of punishing, doing his damage there. Uh, and big Jack Morris Burney getting 10 rebounds on the inside as well. So very uh, interested to see how he goes for the season. Hayden Melson, 16 <laughs> rebounds. Uh, seven assists, no nine assists, and four steals. Um, pretty pretty decent stat line from the from the GM there. Uh, like Sira Sira coming back four or five, nine points, five rebounds. Pretty good um, pretty good outing from him. Um, yeah, you know what you're going to get with Sira, mate. He always goes to work on the inside. He's a big body. He's hard to move. Uh, so always going to put out that sort of stat line, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he's quite intelligent. Puts himself in good spots. Tucks his shirt in too. I really like that. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to the next game. The next game was the Lakeside Vikings getting up fifty points over the Narry Warren Silverbacks, thirty-seven points. Uh, I can see here Mike Godfrey nearly ten assists as I click into the stats. Uh, pretty decent effort from him. He's um. He's probably one of the league's better point guards, do you think, Ploz? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree, definitely. In terms of the league, just in uh, with basketball IQ, Mikey's definitely up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's surrounded himself with uh, with some pretty damn good shooters uh, in Starkey. Uh, and also with that, with, with Jamie Marchingo as well, so he can hit him on the break. I like Scotty Elliott's game. He had 11 points. Uh, what can... 15 rebounds as well. Sorry, I'm just having to look there on the side. 15, huge. He had four assists. Yeah. Nah, very good, very good game. Big double-double there from Scotty. Um, Six-round draft pick or something stupid like that. So that's fantastic value. Brad Starkey had 14 points. Machingo had 11. I like Dave Gormley's game. He had 10 points. I reckon he would have had uh, 10 rebounds as well. Three blocks. Did a lot on the defensive end. Big Paulie Phillips had uh, 10 rebounds as well. Sorry, 13 rebounds. I've sold him short there. But um, but now I think the the Silverbacks they had I don't know I felt like they they just couldn't find a way to score um, they couldn't send, they didn't ever get out of jail free card like a you know go to a sniper or get someone down in the block so they'll be looking to change it up in the next week or two and hopefully get on the board I think they did um, they had a couple of injuries in this game Dill Packer I'm pretty sure broke his nose um, in the first few minutes he had ten points. Um, and was sort of looking like he was going to be uh, on fire for the for the remaining uh, part of the game. Hayden Byron, I'm pretty sure, had a finger injury maybe. Correct me if I'm wrong. 
um, which made his night awfully tough as well. So I think he did. He, uh, he dislocated it there at one point and he came over and asked us to put it back in. I was like, I'm not touching that. I'm not going anywhere near that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so the Silverbacks, they had a tough night. They were battling and um, look, I think uh, I think they're probably still going to be one of the tougher teams to score against. Um, but uh, yeah, who knows? They've just got to find a way to get some points up on the board themselves. I think they will. I think, you know, you've got big Paulie Phillips there who's had a lot of time out of the game. Um, so he's going to get better with every week that he plays. He only had 10 looks as well. I think if I'm struggling to score, um, personally, my go-to is find your your best inside player and, and let him go to work because uh, at the very worst, you might get some people in foul trouble. So um, I like Robbie Middleton. He had four dimes. Uh, he's a big piece for the uh, for the Vikings as well. A very well-rounded team. But, uh, but, yeah, I think the Silverbacks will bounce back in the next week or two. They just need to get that score line sort of up. It needs to be at sort of 45 to 50 at least if you want to be trying to win. I know they, they sort of play that defensive game, but uh, but I think on the quality of the Monday night comp this season, they're going to have to yeah definitely find a few more points in the bucket. Yep. It was an interesting game, this. I mean, no one, I mean Starkey was the, the game high scorer with 14 um, and no one else really getting above 11 points. It was a, a weird low-scoring game um, on, all, on all fronts. Yeah. And I think both these teams are going to be pretty hard to score against in general. The Vikings have got a very good defensive team. Um, Robbie Middleton's always going to get you some steals. You know, same with Mike Godfrey. Um, Jamie Machingo as well is is a bit underrated on the defensive end for mine. He can sort of jump with anyone, but he's really quick. He's got got sharp hands. So, um, yeah, it was a you're always going to get a scrappy game when you're playing against either of these outfits. I reckon. Yep. Plozzi, the final game of the night was uh, was a shit-hot game and it was the Baronia Bloodhounds getting up by just one point against the Jembrook Pacers in the Battle of the Nagels. The Bagels. I've, uh, I've missed having both of them in the comp too, I'll be honest. Uh, I'm wrapped that Corey's back in. He's a Super League favourite and he, uh, he put his brother to the sword in this one. He had a big game, 21 points, and uh, I reckon he would have had yeah seven or eight rebounds as well. So Yeah, they eight um, rebounds. To go along with it, and five assists. A very tidy stat sheet and a good return there from Corey, getting his team up by two, uh, by one. Sorry, uh, his brother Kyle had a fantastic game. He had twenty points. He had fifteen dimes uh, in That's a great. really, really efficient double double. Uh, Jack O'Gray, uh, he had himself twelve and ten in a good double double as well. Coop Lovelace with eighteen points. Uh, I really like that. He's he's going to be one of the again one of the more athletic guys in the comp. Uh, and Tane White putting 20 points on the board as well, going in the third round. So he's uh, he's already putting uh, a lot of GMs on notice that didn't seem to look at him in the first two. Um, yeah. But, yeah, a really high-quality game. I actually didn't watch much of this one, but I was keeping an eye on the scores once I got home, and uh, I'm kind of spewing I didn't get to have a look at it. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, in- incredible finish to the game. Um, you look, I mean, there's so many stats that we could read out here, but we, we just don't have time to go through them all. But um, Morgs, 7-7, seven and seven, good good comeback from him. Um, I like think Melson's ten points in this game. Chris Lugman nine and seven. Um, yeah, Lugs was like seventh round or something stupid like that too. I don't know what's going on there. Maybe I don't know. Maybe people just don't like him. I think he's a nice guy, but he, he's got he's going to put that nine and seven up most weeks, isn't he? Like he's a he's a seven to ten point getter uh, scorer, and he's always going to be around ten rebounds as well. So it's not bad at all. Um. Yeah, big fan of Nick Melson. I was kind of spewing I couldn't get him on my team this season at the draft board. 
uh, another 10 points for him. So he's going to do that all season as well. Indeed. Well, that's, um, that gets us through the, the Monday night comp plozzy. Uh, we're going to have a quick break. We'll hear from our sponsors and we'll get into the Tuesday night stuff. Horn Industrial Coatings offer you the best quality in epoxy floor coverings. Whether it's a factory floor, showroom, garage or outdoor basketball court, Horn Industrial Coatings will have you covered. Their products are designed to be hard wearing and are suitable for foot traffic and even vehicle traffic. With over 20 years of experience, Dean and the crew at Horn Industrial Coatings will make sure your flooring is finished to the highest standard. Get in contact for a free quote at www.hornindustrialcoatings.com.au. All right, Plozzy, it's time to talk Tuesday. Um, first D grade, go- you mean? No, 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 don't you say that. <laughs> uh, Tuesday night is a very competitive night and uh, the next five games will uh, we'll prove that to you. Maybe not this one. It was the Bayside Reapers getting up 55 over the Turretin Kraken, 36 points. Impressive win, considering you were missing um, Cam Scott, my man, your your number one pick. Yeah, we were without Cam. He was uh, he was up in I don't know somewhere for work. He was doing some some sort of work thing. Uh, so we were without him. We knew it sort of coming into the game, but. Um, Look, uh, to open this game, I thought we were going to get done by about 30 points the way the, the Kraken were playing and the way we were playing. Um, we just sort of didn't have, our, didn't have our shit together really and um, I think credit to our boys, we sort of got a bit more composed in the second quarter and, and, uh, and we were able to yeah, fight back and end up blowing the game out. On the back of uh, big bad Dan Catolico as well, my mate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, a, that was you know, part of our plan was to get him plenty of touches early and, and see what happened. And, you know, he he didn't miss um, very much, certainly early on in the game. So it was um, it was very much, you know, get him as many touches as, as we could. And, um, and he certainly did a lot with them. So uh, he, had a, he had a cracking game and, and sort of much needed. We needed him to be that inside presence. And uh, he did a terrific job uh, playing predominantly against Cal Austin, who's a – who's a good defender inside and a bit of a bully himself. So, Absolutely. A couple of big, strong boys having a crack at each other there, mate. Would have been good to watch. Uh, big Dan Catolico, 19 points. He had 11 rebounds. He had two steals and a block to go with that as well. So a really well-rounded night there for Big Dan. Uh, Bailey Abraham, uh, 15 points. He had 12 rebounds as well and a big double-double. Tell me about Bailey, mate. I haven't, um, I haven't had much to do with him. I wouldn't know him. I wouldn't know him if I ran into him. He is impressive, mate. He's um he's sort of like a, a bigger, stronger version of of Ryland Dunn. He can shoot the ball. Um, he can he can actually put the ball on the deck and and takes it inside nice and strong. And there's a few times we fouled the crap out of him, and he still made the bucket and went to the line for the end one. So I was really impressed with his game. He did a lot for that team. And um, yeah, I think I think the Kraken have got themselves a really good piece in Bailey. Uh, very nice, Cal Austin with thirteen rebounds for the uh, for the Kraken. Uh, only scoring thirty six. It looks like they had their full squad as well, mate. Where do you reckon they can improve getting the ball in the bucket? I think I think we were sort of a little bit fortunate. You know, Timmy Timmy didn't shoot the ball particularly well. Um, I know you know Dill Jack did a terrific job uh, on the perimeter, as did sort of Benji and and Summit out there, just making sure we got a hand to those shooters, but. 
Um, I don't know. I think I think Cal maybe next time has a big game as well. Like he had four, he was four from fourteen. Uh, I don't think he does that again. Um, and you know, Spatch is deadly from the mid range. He only had four points. So I, look, I I think the the Kraken sort of just maybe just got off to a, a bad start. Shooting wise, you know, there's those games where you have where no one shoots well, uh, you get blown out and you you go home thinking, Jesus, what what are we doing here? But I think this is probably just a once off for the Kraken. Yeah, I can see like you said, twenty eight percent from the field for him. You've got Dan Blythe zero from four. Um, you know, like I said, Spatch two from ten, Timmy Morgan three from thirteen. They're, these guys definitely shoot the ball at a higher clip than that, so. Hopefully they can uh, yeah get that score up to 55, 60-odd next week and, and get on the board. Um, you guys will be very happy, mate. 55 points with without Cam there. There's probably another 15 um, and probably gets you guys some really good looks with his passing as well. So uh, a great start for your guys. Uh, on to the next one. We've got the Garfield Foxes, 39, going down uh, to the shorthanded Bucks, 46. Uh, did you watch this game, mate? I did catch a bit of this game, um, and yeah, it was a it was a really hard fought game. I thought the the Bucks were probably not at their best, and and the the Foxes certainly weren't at their best either. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know if this play if this game was played again, it might be a completely different result. Uh, big Mikey Stewart uh, sort of back to his MVP form. He had 19 points, played he had well. 13 rebounds, had a block. Uh, had three steals as well, so a really big defensive night to go with his uh, with his offensive work. Uh, I like Riley Lanting getting up there with 14 points. Uh, Jeff Reed doing Jeff Reed things, 13. Joshy Saunders with 12 as well, so some good scorers. Uh, I can see Greggy Wise had his, uh, his sort of normal nine rebounds. He'll have a couple of bigger games than that as well. Uh, and the GOAT, Jeff Reed, was six dimes. So not a bad scoring spread uh, and sort of stat spread for the the Foxes, but just sort of... I can see Corey Brumby, uh, Morris, Liam Loveday, uh, sort of all just hitting the one shot. Jay Morgan not getting one in the bucket. So just need to get one or two more to step up and get that sort of five to ten points in the bucket. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, – yeah, I don't know. I, I think perhaps the, the Foxes, um, you know, they, they relied heavily on Jeff. Jeff wasn't shooting probably his best. Five from 19, you know, quite often he'll turn – uh, 19 shots into 25, 30 points. So, I think, um, yeah, moving forward, they'll they'll probably look to uh, to lean on him heavily, and he'll come up with a different result. Uh, Greggy Wise also had a bit of glad rap over the ring. He was zero from 11 from the field, so uh, he'll be better for that uh, in a few more weeks. Um, on the players, the Bucks were missing. I'm, I'm not sure who filled in for him. Uh, that would be. One of our league so, sponsors, actually. Uh, get your floor porn from the boys from Horn. You know it. It was fantastic. Dean. He uh, he came along for a run. Um, the boys were were pretty well short, so um, I think a, a a valiant effort from those guys to be you know short three players and from their from their normal mix and still get up with a dub. Absolutely. Um, the Bucks are going to be fun to watch. I reckon you got uh, Mikey Stewart and, and Big Greggy on the inside there, so. Um, that's going to be an interesting dynamic. We'll see how they go. Uh, in the next one, we've got the Officer Hornets getting up 58 points to 50 over the Bunyip Wizards. Uh, one of the better uniforms on the night too, I reckon the Wiz. You've done a good job there, DT. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if I can give you that compliment. Uh, Matty Bray with 16 points. Uh, John O'Bray with 15 points. Uh, Joey Nativo, 14. Uh, on the rebounding end, we've got big Trent Reeford with 16 to go with his 10 points and a big double-double. Uh, the Birdman kind of having nine. Um, I can see Matt Darcy has done his normal point, go- point god work with nine dimes. Uh, and big Trent also had a couple of blocks yep. too. So, uh, Did you watch much of this one, mate? I came in, I caught the end of this one actually, and um, yeah, I saw I saw Matty Bray uh, go on a town. Um, that was a, a good sort of a good first matchup as well. We saw a lot of these round one matchups where they were, uh, you know, because you can open the fixture on a narrative. You you start off with these these beautiful matchups. You know, you had um, you had the Tankards going against each other. You got the Brays going against each other. It's um, yeah, a lot of, lot of cool stuff happening there. I can see Big Matty Bray's had eight from ten from the field as well. That's ridiculous shooting. Um, the Wiz shooting 16.7 from the free throw line. I don't know if that's a typo, uh, but that is really shit. Um, repeat that for me. Free throw percentage, so from the, from the charity stripe, the Wiz have shot 16.7%. Oh, yeah, one from six. Yeah, not, not ideal. Yuck. Wow. I don't like that at all. I, I, I don't know if anyone could tell. I'm going at these games pretty blind. I didn't watch any of the, the Tuesday comp. Um, like I said, in my mind, it's the B-grade comp. I wouldn't waste my time watching these plebs, but uh, DT's here to give us the, the word on that. Good to see Joey um, you know, backing up his form from last season. You can really tell that he's back to his finest. I do um, like seeing Joey back up there. 14 points there for Joe. Jess Maudsley only six attempts. You know the uh, you know the Wizards were doing all they could to, to minimise his shot attempts, but um, I think being their first round pick, I think he's he's got to be a focal point of that offense. Yeah, absolutely. I think they've they've done pretty well to win actually. If you've only got Jess having six looks and and Matty Darcy as well only having the three, um, so yeah. Matty shot two from three there, shooting at a pretty good percentage. He always does. He takes you know he takes good looks. Uh, Actually, John O'Bray shooting five from 11 too. That, that's a sneaky good number. Um, he tends to do his shooting from the, from the arc, so sort of going a, a tick under half there, which is a pretty good return. Um, yeah, I, got, I don't have much else to say about this one. Sorry, DT. I'm not, uh, not sure if you have any more comments. Angus Fay, two three-pointers made in the game. That's, uh, that's a career best from him. Um, Bang. So congratulations to Angus Fay. Uh, I don't I think like that. I don't think he's ever made more than two threes in a game. So, um, yeah, good work, Gussie. I did see Jake Connor got a new uh, mugshot taken as well in the photos from uh, Dave Morseman on our page. So that's uh, that's one of my favourite things to look at. By the way, is the uh, is the photos when we have them. Yes, that's always something to look forward to, isn't it? Yeah, Birdman has a habit of looking extremely intimidating for such a fantastically nice bloke, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's the nicest bloke and he always yeah. looks kill you. He's got like the buzz cut at the moment. He looks like Romper Stomper, but I'm sure he's not a racist. He might be, but I'm pretty sure he's not. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we move on. The Hanagoon Bulldogs going down by nine to the Dalmore Devils, uh, also known as the 2003 Packenham Warriors, uh, <laughs> 41 to 50. Uh, the the Red Devils getting one here, mate. It looks like the old boys have uh, have put one over to Conan's Bulldogs. Uh, Bill Winder with 16 points. Uh, like seeing Westy with another 12. Uh, Link Scott 12. Dan Stowe up there with 11 points as well. That's fantastic. Uh, and Kevin Wood with 11 too. 
Um, Westy with 20 rebounds and Bill Winder with 15. What's Westy doing getting 20 boards? Uh, well, you see, they were missing uh, Matty Teal and Ann Carl. So they were without a centre at all. So Westy was the centre and he did a terrific job. 20 boards is just bloody crazy. Fantastic work. Well, I was actually going to take a shot at Carl there going, why aren't you in there doing the hard work? That's all you tell us you're good for. Uh, <laughs> but he actually didn't play. So that is fair enough. Um, I like on the assist end, Link Scott, seven dimes. Westy with five. Uh, Kevin Wood as well with four. This bloke went in the seventh round, didn't he? Kevin is a legit basketball player. He's, he's no terrific. shit. Yeah, yeah. Really couple good. A uh, couple of steals there too. So did it all on the yeah. night. Um, yeah. yeah, I like the Devils uniforms actually. That blood red looks really good uh, out on the court. But, uh, but yeah, good to see a few of the older boys back. Dan Stowe, four from seven from the field. Uh, Leon Stapley, two from 10. So, you know, that'll take Leon a couple of weeks to get back into it. But, uh, but yeah, a Funny good win for the Devils. Leon Stapley, actually. Thursday night basketball, he had 10 three-pointers in the second half and finished the, the game with like 33 points or something. Oh, 10 made three-pointers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't Mate, think any, so. <laughs> there's, an absolute, there's a genuine conspiracy at Bridgewood that the rings are cursed or something, that someone has... I don't know. Maybe now that we've got Carl McNiff hanging off him on a Monday night, it might bend him back into shape and a few more shots drop for these boys, eh? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, – I mean, I like I like the Devils. I think they're, they're, we'd played a scrimmage against these guys and their ball movement is just spectacular. Uh, I like I like what they're about. And I, and on the flip side of that, you know, a, a really short-handed Nanagoon Bulldogs, they went down by nine points um, – very, very good effort from those guys as well. And they've got, like, Joshy Bauer, three from 15 from the field. He's a much better shooter than that. Uh, you know, I, I don't know much about, uh, I think it's Dave uh, Kotai, Kotai uh, two from 11. So these guys are going to have better night shooting than than this. Uh, they're probably going to get some cleaner looks when you've got a couple of the big boys back as well. So they'll bounce back to doggies, I'm sure. Carl's usually pretty good at the draft table, as much as I'd hate to admit that. Um, yeah, they'll definitely bounce back. But a good win for the Devils. They've, they've started their campaign off with a dub. Yep, you love to see it. The old boys yeah. getting it done. Bill Winder looking sharp. Link Scott looking sharp. Dan Stowe yeah. looking sharp also. So. Dan Stowe always looks sharp on and off the court. One of my favourite Super League gentlemen. Uh, in the in the late game, mate, we had the defending champs, the Druin Dragons, notching a dub over the Harkway Toucans, uh, 65-42. to 42. Did you have a look at this one? I did. I did. I saw a little bit of this one. And, uh, I, yeah, man, Michael Blythe, what a, what a show he put on. Uh, sorry, I just muted my microphone there. Uh, mate, this bloke, Michael, I'm a, I identify as a second rounder. Mick Blythe can get stuffed. 28 <laughs> points. He's done it uh, a couple of seasons in a row now, so I, I don't know what's going on there. He's, he's either sexually pleasing one of the commissioners or he's there's money changing hands. I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, 28 points for him. Cooper Pantano with 15. James Stott with 14. Uh, and in the rebound in Ash Beck, 15 rebounds. That's standard for the big dog. Uh, Jamie McNeil had 12 and he had 10 points as well. So a nice double-double there. Uh, on the dimes, Mick Blythe had four. Uh, Chris Eagleton with four. So... Um, a pretty good uh, spread there for the Dragons by the look of it, the bulk of the scoring done by Mick. 
Uh, but Chris Eagleton had five uh, five field goals made as well. Um, Phil Schofield only got two looks. That's probably a little bit low for someone like him. I'd expect him to be uh, doing a little bit more work on the inside. Yep. But uh, but yeah, really good win for the for the Dragons. He's drafted well, Mick, um, as he did last season. And yeah, they've got off to a red hot start. Yep. And I think I think probably everyone expected this. We we all like the Dragons list and the way it's put together and. Um, I did think the Toucans uh, also had a very strong list. So this was a, a very interesting game. I don't know that Toppy got himself enough looks. Um, yeah, 11's like, probably a little bit low. Full of 20 looks um, and see what he can give you because that's probably like 25, 30 points, I reckon, most nights. Yeah, 10% from the arc as well for the uh, for the Toucans. They're a much better shooting team than that. Um, we all know what – yeah, Lukey Thomas only two from 12. Um, that's a that's a really poor cool night by Thomas. That was that was probably ten from twelve. So mm. uh, yeah, yeah so he'll, he'll be much better next week. Uh, Matty Waitley zero from four. He's a much better shooter than that as well. Um, so yeah, they'll definitely bounce back. The two cans. I think they were missing someone too. And I think it might be Tommy Daly. Tommy. Um, yeah. So a big inside presence there. Uh, a pretty athletic type of player as well. So they'll be all right. They'll uh, they'll bounce back. I'm sure. But yeah, really impressive win by the Dragons. Yeah. Well, that, um, that brings us to the end of our Tuesday night coverage. We've got one more thing to cover off, and that is our Hayden – oh, we've got a couple of things to cover off, actually. Let's, uh, let's jump into our Hayden Byron top five for the week. This week we've gone for our top five supporters of the league. Oh, um, yeah, wicked. I've, I've done this all by myself, Loz, so let's see if you can take a guess at uh, – at, Give me, throw some names at me as to who you think would be our. Oh, do you want me to throw names at you before you rattle your list, or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Lanting family for for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure of their names, so I don't want to be rude and get it wrong. But uh, but Lukey Thomas and Maddie Waitley have a posse, uh, supporting them every week, which is fantastic to see. Um, I really enjoy seeing those guys down there. He's only he started playing this season, so I don't know if he qualifies. But uh, Dennis Smith was there watching uh, Lockie Tankard pretty much. Uh, sorry, Will Tankard pretty much every week last week as well. Yep. Um, I'll be missing a few. There's a guy with a big beard. I don't <laughs> know his name. Now nah, go on, give me a list because I reckon I'll know the names once you say them. All right. In at number five, I have. Mrs. Nagel, Sharon Nagel, she was always there watching uh, watching Snagger and, and in pre- in previous seasons, uh, Corey and Snagger. So, um, yeah, shout out to Sharon Nagel. She's a she's a big fan of her boys and the league. Number four, I've got uh, Jack Morris, Bernie's dad, Drew Bernie. That's uh, who I was trying to. Th- I couldn't think of his name. It's Drew because he yeah. votes for him in the Player of the Week whenever he gets in there too. Yep. <laughs> He's he's always there supporting his boys. He listens to the podcast. He loves the league, uh, and we love having him around. At number three, I've got Jenny Bethune, which is uh, Jamie McNeil's mum. Uh, always there, always smile on face. brings brings the family along, and uh, and he's he's there supporting him week in and week out. Number two, I've got him. I've got like you said about the posse. We've got Samantha Waitley and Michaela Driver. So uh, I'll, I'll nominate those two, but it also brings along their posse, as you say. Mate, every uh, week, every week every they're week. always there. And, and, and they're there from start to finish. 
Oh, no, it's awesome. I love that about the league. Yep. And coming in at number one, and this is uh, this is probably based on the fact that they've been doing this for years and years and years. Our number one supporters of the league are Kaz and Billy Lanting. A big shout-out to Kaz and Billy, too, because Cooper's uh, just started his season uh, over there playing junior college in the States. He's hit his first couple of buckets, and they've sent over a few videos, so... No, I I, can't, I I really agree with that list, mate. I've got no qualms with that whatsoever. It's uh, it's good. It's good. It's a good little list that um, gets uh, gets people thinking about who's there uh, week in and week out, and and no doubt I've forgotten a few people here, but um, oh, it's a, it's the best part, man. You can walk in and there's a there's a few sitting in the grandstand just watching. It's it's nice. It gives a bit of atmosphere and. You know, some of these guys you might see every week. You might not know their names or whatever. Don't be afraid to say hi. I'm sure they won't bite your, your hands off. But it's a bit, I reckon it's the best part, mate, that we can have a few people down there watching our games and watching a few uh, unfit, untalented gentlemen throw a basketball around. <laughs> All right, we've got, a, we've got our team of the week to go through, Ploz. Yes, 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 we do. Hang on, I've got it in front of me if you like. Yeah, please, take us through. Okay, at the one, we've got Mick Blythe at the two... Cal McNiff at the three, the smiling assassin, Dill Jenkinson, uh, MVP Stewart playing the four, and big bad Dan Catolico at the five. Uh, on the bench, we've got a bit of height with Matty Burkich uh, and a sniper in Will Tankard. I really like this team. We do like to pick the, the team of the week in position. It's not just your top five stati- statistically best players. It's it's a rounded team. It's it's in position of how we would play them on game day. Um and I don't think you're going to find too many arguments with this one. I know Mick Blythe coming off a 28-point game. Uh, Cal McNiff off a 36-point double-double. Uh, Dill Jank was a 20-20 and 20 double-double. One shy of a triple-double. Mick Stewart a big double-double. Same with Dan Catolico. So, um, nah, fantastic team, mate. Would you make any changes if you uh, if you were picking it? I don't think so, mate. You've all, I mean, that's always a, a tough one to... Um... To go through, but yeah, I think this team's as as solid as they come. Imagine imagine coming up against those uh, those five and the other two off the bench. Just um just berserk to think about. I reckon I'd just walk out. I wouldn't even take the court. I see it, boys. Take the dub. <laughs> Bacon injury. <laughs> yeah. Let's go out and have, let's go out and have a lemonade. We'll just chat about how good you are. That's all we can do. <laughs> well, uh, Cal McNiff actually took out the Monday night player of the week. He had thirty six points, fourteen boards, three assists, and two steals. Uh, several, several uh, dunks. The off the off the backboard dunk. I know he was uh, he was scrolling through the footage after the game, trying to find it. The camera the camera was too slow to keep up with him. Oh, was it? He was pretty devastated. That's such a shame. He shot the rock at seventy percent too, Carl McNiff. I don't want to stiff him on that. He had a very very efficient game. Yep. And then uh, and then Michael Blythe was our Tuesday conference uh, player of the week. He had twenty eight. Three boards, four assists, and six threes made. On the uh, on the supporters' basis, mum and dad also did vote for him in that player of the week. So shout out to mum and dad Blythe. They've obviously got a favourite son. Um, <laughs> and it's yeah, just and sort of uh, put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the it's not the bulldog turned kraken version of it either. It's the dragon. Um, no, nah, a couple of well-deserved player of the weeks there, mate. Um, the player of the week is voted for pretty much by the players and the supporters that are in the players group. So if anyone's wondering and they're not familiar with how that works, usually on the 
I'll put up the poll either on the Tuesday or the Wednesday, um, and Greggy does it for the Tuesday comp. It's sort of a day or two later as well. So, um, yeah, very a very strong start to the season, mate. It is. It is. And uh, we've got games, obviously, tonight when most people will be listening to this and Tuesday night. Um, so, yeah, stick stick around us next week to uh, to hear it all again. Who have you boys got this week, DT? Oh, mate, you've really put me on the spot. I'm going to have to scroll through because uh, – I haven't, done, I haven't done the scanning report, mate. We're playing the two cans. Oh, there you go. Oh, they, they'll be on the uh, on the bounce back too, mate. You guys might get lit up, I reckon. Yeah, I'm going to get angry toppy. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be good. I'd love for Matty Waitley Matty Waitley, Matty Waitley to hit a facial right on you. Oh, no like doubt. In your face. It seems to be something that happens regularly. Whenever I play defense, people hit shots. So um, I'm, I'm pretty used to facials. Uh, I receive them <laughs> often. And uh, I have no doubt that Tuesday night will be uh, no different. Absolutely. All right, mate. Well, uh, thank you, Plozzy, for joining me. Uh, really appreciate that. And, um, and yeah, we'll be back here to do all again next week. Appreciate it, mate. Have a good one.